following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Welcome to this episode of Pit Life Barbecue. Gather around the pit with your hosts, Johnny Mags and Messy Mike. Let's talk barbecue. What's up, everybody? Coming to you live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe in Salem, New Hampshire. It's the Pit Life Barbecue Podcast, where we talk everything barbecue and a lot of other topics that you'd normally talk around a pit. As always, I'm joined by Messy Mike. Hello, hello. How's it going? Good, how are you? Excited. Yes. Excited. Very excited. I have to admit, I'm a bit of a fanboy, <laughs> you know, but... And why is that? We, got, we are being graced... Mm-hmm. With a guest tonight that really, in our, my, our opinion, really doesn't need an introduction. Not at all. But damn well deserves one. Mm-hmm. And I am quite the fanboy um, of Heath Riles is joining us today. Heath, are you there? I am here. I am here. Hello, sir. How are you? Good, good, good. Just traveling down the road. That's it. Nice, <laughs> nice. And so we don't have video right now. We um, he's on the phone just because bad, bad, bad reception. Yep. He's you know. And we deal with it. So hey, the, it's that's barbecue. the life of a barbecue, man. Hundred percent. You 100%. deal with what you're given. <laughs> so, <clears throat> excuse me, Heath. Um, so I have a question. Um, kind of doing some you know research on you and um, you know looking back and and um, reading some stuff about you. Have you been in barbecue your entire life? I started cooking when I was 18, and I'm 40 now, about to be 41. Uh, and kind of before I was 18, I just grilled at home with my dad and around the deer camp and just played around. And when I was 18, I started doing competition parties, barbecue with some friends just out of high school, just having a good time. Wow. That is awesome. Like started when you're 18. Like I wish I oh, I started like 10 years ago. Yeah. I wish I started when I was 18. Oh. And and so um so you started barbecuing when you were 18. Um basically you were um you were helping a um barbecue competition team tip a bottom hog rustlers, which is a <laughs> awesome name. <laughs> but like what were you, you know, uh, Good. That was a friend of mine's uncle. He had a KCBS team, and uh, kind of how we got started, we cooked with him a few times to help him because he didn't have any teammates. Yep. And he was going out of town one weekend, and there was a local contest there in town. And so we kind of had a practice cook with him, and he let us use his grill and, and pretty much cook his recipes. And, and, uh, and we had a little bit too much fun. We didn't get that last, but... There was a little bit of beer involved. And, yep. And, and we, had, we had a good time. And, and he said, look, boys, he said, if y'all going to do this, he said, y'all got to be your own thing and build your own grills and all that. So I went out and got some gas pipe and built my own grill and just started going from there. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh. And so how did the – so you started with – um, you know, you've, you've actually been on a few competition teams. What – makes you um you know what what makes you kind of change and and move forward um per se and you know why did you decide to um you know this was time to go out on your own well um you know kind of my whole 
story here. Uh, I got a divorce, um, and I moved to Olive Branch, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And me and several guys uh, that we all hung around in the same bar and all that kind of stuff, I already had them my small barbecue team. They said, look, we ought to get together and start cooking, but let's change the name. And I said, well, cool, let's do it. And so we come up with the name Boar's Night Out. Yep. And uh, I recall it, yeah. And we had fun for several years, and uh, it was just, uh, you know, buddies and facing girls and just having a good time. And, and I got more serious and serious, and everybody kept partying. And uh, I was dating my wife at the time, and I said, uh, look, I'm going to let y'all have this. I'm going to go cook with another buddy of mine over here. sauces and stuff that you made for victory lane did you let him you know keep all those and then you had to develop you know new new products for heath riles no uh i kept all of my recipes and all of my stuff nice. and put them under my label and they kind of went out and kind of done their own thing put their own spin on some of those products yep and um and done that they don't none of those guys uh, are really cooks and um Nothing like that. One of the guys that kind of LLC the name has always wanted a restaurant and me and him didn't see eye to eye. And uh, so he wanted to do his own thing. And I was, I'm not going to do somebody's way. And honestly, the name was to me because I was the brand. Gotcha. And so he doesn't, he has somewhat of a bad connection sometimes because he's in Waycross, Georgia, which is. In the middle of nowhere, George. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's all right. We can make that work. Oh, yeah. We can make that work. Oh, yeah. So, Heath. Oh, that sounds like a drop. Yep. The bad connection just got a whole lot worse. <laughs> I'm going to try to dial them okay. up while yeah. you guys dance on the yeah, stage. Yeah, so, I mean, being. So we're talking. Did Heath Riles of Heath Riles Barbecue. Mm-hmm. We are talking. We'll go a few. Quick few accolades here. Four-time Memphis Barbecue Network, or MBN. Yep. Overall team of the year. Three-time MBN Whole Hog team of the year. Four-time MBN Pork team of the year. Five-time MBN Rib team of the year. He knows what the hell he's doing. Oh, yeah. And And he's, he's done it with multiple teams. You know, so it's not just... It's not one consistent... Correct. So it, it's... On. 
the the going factor is Heath Riles. Yeah, you know he's he's the man and he's a damn good cook. But even like um, like he was talking about um, Boar's Night Out when he was telling the story, which Boar's Night Out again. It, like See, I knew saying, there was a I knew there was I thought there was a connection with him and Boar's Night Out. I knew definitely him and Victory Lane. Yeah, but I I thought that on Malcolm Reed's podcast. He, Malcolm had said that Heath was involved with Boar's Night Out, mm-hmm. and all they did was they just wanted to cook and have a good time. That's it. And they were all, they were all divorced, so they're like, you know, what better way to go have a good time? Let's get a trailer. Can you hear me now? Yes, <laughs> we got you. I was just going, Heath. I was just going back. through um, a, f- a few of the accolades here, and uh, you have quite the resume, sir. <laughs> and I was just saying, four times, four time MBN. Overall team of the year, three-time MBN whole hog team of the year, four-time MBN pork team of the year, five-time MBN rib team of the year, and I'm, I know I'm not the first, but I will jump in line. <laughs> Congratulations on your 70th grand championship that you had this past weekend. I appreciate it. That's that's. I, I know I'm from New England and I barely speak English, but that's right, folks. Seven D, seven zero. Since since and that's actually since September of 2013. Yeah. So seventy championships since September of 2013. In, so that's six seven years, years. Seven years. Yeah. Seven years. That's insane. Ten grand championships a year yeah. on average. Yeah. That and is absolute crazy. So I don't, I don't count none of the other wins that I've won, um, like with, with uh, when I cooked with Tin Bones or Boar's Not Out or none of that. I don't count any of those. I just count oh. <laughs> since I was the head cook since 2013. Wow. So so all the other ones ain't even on the checklist. No. Wow. That's just under Heath Rouse Barbecue. That's even more yep. impressive. Yeah. You know what you're doing. <laughs> hands down, hands down. So how did um, – the first time I actually um, – you know, I'm a member of the MBBQA, and, and, you know, we go out to the conferences and stuff like that. But, again, you know, everybody's, everybody's nice. Everybody talks to each other. But you guys got so much going on. Um, you know, you're doing your thing, and, and you know, you, you go past us. And, like, you know, we see you guys on TV, which, you know, you guys are like heroes to us. Um, how did Bank of America – get in touch with you to do a commercial for them? Actually, I was at lunch one day with a friend, and I got a call that said they were doing a, a live casting call on, on uh, Friday in Nashville. And so uh, I was like, man, I don't really want to go to Nashville. And so, you know, kind of blew it off. Well, about 20 minutes later, we were still sitting at lunch, and another friend called. And said, hey, they're doing a casting call in Atlanta and Nashville. The same thing. They're looking for barbecue guys. And like, all right, well, tell us a little bit about it. Well, then a friend of mine that cooked with me at the time, his wife knew a girl that was an anchor lady in Nashville that used to be in Memphis. And she knew the producer and said, hey, they're looking for barbecue talent. I was in y'all's tent at Memphis in May. Y'all would be a good fit for this. Y'all need to go. And so we was kind of like, this must be fake. We've got this many phone calls about <laughs> this. Let's let's go to Nashville and try out. 
And so we went to Nashville for the night and uh, went that Friday morning and, and done the little interview deal and come home. And the next Thursday, they called and said, look, y'all are one of 10 groups out of 400 that tried. Wow. And we want y'all to come back to Nashville and do a, a, a interview with the producers from Hollywood. And we're like, okay, so we can jump in the truck again and went back the next next that that next morning and done it. And we got home about three o'clock that day. And at six PM they called and they said, Y'all got the part. We're gonna send you out your itineraries and we didn't know it was for Bank of America. We just knew it was a commercial. Okay. And um, and they said, We're gonna send you your plane tickets, you fly out Sunday to LA. You'll be gone a week. And um they sent us first-class plane tickets and all the itinerary and hotel information and personal driver information and sent a limo to pick us all up. And, Damn. And we flew out on, on Sunday on my birthday. <laughs> That's a nice present, huh? So so <laughs> you actually cool. so you actually filmed it in L.A.? Yeah. Well, uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Wow. Okay. Because that, that, I mean, looking at the commercial, it looked like you were, you know, Headed to a, you know, or at a competition. We actually filmed some of it in like a fairgrounds thing. Okay. And we filmed some of it. Uh, we drove out to like a small town where that gas station was at, about an hour outside of L.A., hour and a half. And that's where some of it was filmed at also. Wow. How long did the shoot take? Uh, we shot for basically two days for 38 seconds. Wow. <laughs> Two, days Two days for, for 38 the... seconds. The That's one, awesome. Wonders of TV, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Now, are you, um, are you, are you going to be headed out to the American Royal at all? Or... I'm not. This okay. Year. I'm okay. not. I wish I was, but there's too much going on business wise. And yep. uh, this new trailer being ready. And I'm going to Murfreesboro, Illinois next week to cook a dual contest to get me and KCBS. I knew that I better get over here to get this trailer and get my pits mounted on it, kind of get everything organized where I can leave next Wednesday or Thursday for that contest. Wow. Excellent. So, so speaking of pits, what uh, what type of uh, equipment do you uh, cook on? I have uh, a deep south gravity fed. I have old hickory pits. I have Traeger grills. Um, I've got some gateway drums. Um, wow. and got some PK grills, and um, that's it at the moment. Damn. So how many, like, out of a year, how long or how many weeks are you, or how many weekends are you on the road with barbecue? Well, so the previous years, I've usually done 30 to 35 events a year, and then I've also done stuff like, Traeger and for other companies, you know, and catering events and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so last year I cut back to about 20 events and a few other like catering events and stuff like that. And this year I cut back, I'm going to be at 15 events and I've done some stuff for Traeger and taught some classes and, um, and different things. And, I've kind of enjoyed myself a little more this year than in the past years. Yeah. I mean, it's 
you it's like the competition scene it's it's fun you know it's business it's fun but i mean you dr- i mean you eat you drink a lot at competitions <laughs> it's like you almost need to yeah. sleep like on monday when you get back from them well monday is a very busy day for me uh you know business wise just trying to catch up with everything from the weekend and orders and processing and you know getting uh, making sure inventory is correct and going over invoices and just making you know everything like that Monday's is my crazy day gotcha and you uh, and you doing everything so, yourself well I don't ship everything myself I have a warehouse in Oklahoma that ships everything okay uh, a fulfillment center so I just kind of manage inventory and I take care of all the wholesale stuff and all that that's the biggest thing is the wholesale nice Cool, cool, cool. Um, how long have you been doing videos? Because that's when I, you know, I, I seen the, the stuff pop up with your rubs and seasonings, and um, but there was the ones I seen the videos on YouTube of the 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 one I love the most was the you showed how to do a competition box and. The one thing I got, actually, I got two things out of it, was using these, the, the big Yeti tumblers yep, for holding the, um, your hot stocks in. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I found absolutely genius was the square of wax paper to keep around the edge of the box so you don't get anything on. I thought that was absolutely genius. That was actually some live videos that I've done at a contest. Uh, really? Yeah, just I went live at some contests while the contest was going on. Wow. Uh, like if you don't have and, stress enough, you're doing a live video. <laughs> well, you know, the first it was, a, it was a double contest. And the first day, I think I wound up fifth or sixth place. And the second day, I was reserve champion. Oh, nice. Um and so, you know, I'm really one of those guys that I don't have any secrets. It don't matter. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. You still have to cook it. Exactly. And so, giving away that information, you know, the little stuff that I've learned over the years, um, I just hope that it helps people, you know, see that, I mean, it's fast-paced, but it can be fun, you know what I mean? Um, and I was trying to talk and explain things as I went building those boxes. And if I wasn't talking, I can build a box in a matter of seconds, you know, throw it together. Now, what else have you learned, like, you know, stuff like that, um, you know, from the competition circuit that you could kind of, you know, give away that would help people? You know, the biggest thing to try to teach somebody that is unteachable, that comes from experience, is to learn the feel of meat. And you can teach somebody everything, temperature, times, but every piece of meat cooks differently. Yep. So you have to have enough experience. You need to practice enough to understand what the, it's supposed to feel like in your fingers. You need to know that feel. Mm-hmm. That sponginess, uh, you need to know that. And it's hard to learn that. It comes from years of experience. That's all it is, years of experience. Yeah. Now, speaking of the, you know, the feeling, the f- the meat feel of doneness and everything that goes back to another video that you did with Malcolm Reed 
at his place with the competition ribs, mm-hmm. and there was the pot in the video at the end. Once the ribs are done, was literally when you how do you know when the ribs are done, Malcolm asked, and he goes, just grab them like this, and you well, you hold them the full rack. And they're standing there perfect. Little bit of bend, not falling apart. But that was absolutely, oh, my God, what you doing with it when I first saw it? Yeah, because, I mean, you probably don't even, um, you know, you, I mean, I'm sure you have it, you know, thermopen, thermometer, whatever. But you probably just know, feel, you know, your ribs are going to, you know, you want your ribs to bend, but, again, not break. Um, you know, your brisket, you're going to, it's going to be, you know, kind of like a jello, like mold type consistency. Um so you probably just do a lot of stuff by feel, and you know you probably don't even use your thermometer that much. No, actually, a thermometer is the one thing that I would recommend if you don't have is you know because you still need to look at the temperature, and you know it goes in essence what kind of brisket you're cooking, or what kind of butt you're cooking, or what kind of ribs. Every breed of animal has a different finish temp, and you also have a different finish tip. Uh, point depending on how hot you're cooking or how low and slow you're cooking. So something low and slow is going to finish sooner, yep. like at 200 degrees for a brisket, versus hot and fast is going to be to 212, 215 before it finishes. Ah, you know. Gotcha. And so it, it just depends on all that. You have to take all that into measurement and know what that feels supposed to be like. So I still gauge it with that thermopen, mm-hmm. and then I feel it to make sure it's right. Gotcha. Gotcha. And when, like you were saying, um, you know, like you were saying, Heath, um, you know, you, you're willing to teach and you're willing to give away secrets. And I kind of feel like you're, you know, all like you big barbecue guys. I feel like you're all like that. You know, you're, you're all willing to share because, again, like you said, you still have to cook it. Um, you know, some guys may have, you know, a couple of secret ingredients or whatever, but most most of the time that I've been out and, you know, talked to um, you know, you guys, you've been willing to basically tell all and, you know, as much as help that we need, you know, you've, you've been willing to give it to us. So that's awesome. Yeah. And, and that's what it's all about. It's about helping one another. And that's what it should be about. I, I'm not a, you know, I try to help as many people as I can. And sometimes these days it's hard to respond to all the messages on Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, because it's me responding. My wife, she can answer some of the questions, you know. I mean, but it's hard when you get, you know, 50 to 100 messages a day. Trying to keep up with that and the normal business stuff is hard. It's hard. That's crazy. I wouldn't uh, know what that is like. I have some people that fully understand that. And I have some people that get mad at me because I don't respond to every message. Uh, You know, and, and... I guess you have to just take the good with the bad, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, I, was, I was a little shocked this morning because I was sitting in the parking lot of work waiting to go in, and I shot Heath a message because out of all our, all the, our guests, I always like to reach out to them and ask if there's anything they don't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, because it could, you know, something could have added, ended badly with a certain company or whatnot. Just want to avoid that. So I always like to ask. So I, I shot him a message this morning. Within 10, 10 minutes... I heard ding, you know, and it was Heath getting right, right back to me. I was, I was shocked. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm messaging with Heath Riles. This is one of the best days of my life. 
But but uh, he. I, I tried. I tried my best. I tried. <laughs> now you you said in um, you do a lot of work uh with you work a lot with Traeger. And I had you had done, and I I listened to Malcolm Reed's podcast religiously, and you did an episode with him a few months back that you guys were out at the Traeger offices. Can you tell us quick the the, the one story of that ep- episode that stuck out to me was the Traeger cake? That was to be fully honest with you about the Traeger cake. I was standing beside it for 30 minutes and didn't realize it was a cake. (laughs) I I did not know it was a cake. It looked so real that I didn't know it was a cake until they moved it and said they're going to cut the cake. And I said, where's the cake? And they said, this is the cake. Because it was a full-size grill. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. full-size Timberline. In the Timberline, that's a big grill. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. And um, go ahead. Now, now, watch. You know, looking at a lot of your your rubs and your sauces and everything. How do you come up with like, um, like a blend? You know, you'd have the the habanero, um, the jalapeno, and all you know, all that stuff. How how do you figure out like a nice combination to come up with all right, your seasonings? So, so believe it or not. I perfected a couple rubs, and those two rubs have kind of developed into everything else. I would take out ingredients and add ingredients. And the key to building a rub, when I first got into this, Paul Kirk has a cookbook called 101 Marinades, Rubs, and Sauces, something like that. Mm-hmm. 101, and I think it's a small book. And in the back of that book, it kind of gives you a baseline when you're playing with ingredients to build a sauce, you only want to only want to add teaspoons of this. You know, you only want to add tablespoons of this. You only want to add quarter cups of this. You only want to add cups of this. Ah. And so you're not guessing when it comes to measurements. It kind of helps you on start to build a base, right? Yep. And uh, and I kind of took that book years ago. And kind of got started with it and kind of learned my palate of what I wanted stuff to taste like. And when I got ready to do the flavoring stuff, um, I called my co-packer, who's already making a sweet rub and a few others. And I said, look, I said, I want to do a pecan rub. I said, so I need some pecan flavored sugar or pecan. I want something like that. Where can I buy that? And they told me where to buy that. And so I ordered some. And I basically made up a batch of my sweet rub and added pecan flavoring to it. And after I got it right, then I decided I'm going to do a peach and I'm going to do an apple. And I'm going to do a cherry. I've done a maple and I've I done a several flavors. And I only stuck with the four for now. Okay. okay. That's, that's cool. So you start with the base itself and just add from there and subtract. That's mm-hmm. simple, yep. but... Oh, yeah. Like his everyday rub is... Is excellent. It's, oh, yeah. it's awesome. I mean, it's salt, pepper, garlic, onion, oh, yeah. and a little bit of sugar, you know, and a little bit of MSG. I mean, nothing, nothing crazy. Nope. It's just, we call it camp camp seasoning, you know. Salt, pepper, garlic was camp seasoning. And we added a little bit of sugar for a little bit of sweetness. 
And of course, some people are negative on MSG. Uh, you know, but ninety percent of the stuff out on the market has MSG in it. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and I'm not going to say that I won't ever do an MSG free formula because I've already got them at home ready to go. Um, I, I've got I don't know another two rubs that I'm going to be coming out with immediately. I've got six glazes that I'm going to be coming out with soon. I've got a brisket injection and a chicken injection I'll be rolling out with. Wow. Uh, and I've got about four other rubs that will eventually hit the market one day and a couple more sauces. Nice. And so I'm going to say before it's said and done, uh, I'll have a lot of products in the market for sale. Wow. Now, when you when you um, make a product and you go to your co-packer, do you have to – are you buying, you know, minimum quantities and, and now you're, you know, you're storing them or is he – you know, is he storing them and, you know, you can basically make what you want depending on the demand? I actually, you have to buy at least 400 pounds, but I buy at least 1,200 pounds and I buy. Okay. Damn. In order to keep my, in order to keep the cost down, you want to at least maximize your shipment. And so, um, you know, and I'm shipping everything to Oklahoma to be distributed out. I like to try to keep three or four cases of each at home, mm-hmm. you know, to have some for, you know, just me and when I travel and all that. Sometimes I have to order me some to ship home too. Yep. So, but I, I try to keep, for rotation purposes, I try to keep the majority of everything in Oklahoma, you know, because it's steady being pulled from, you know, constantly for wholesale orders and internet orders. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. It's a lot of product. It's a ton of products. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at least, uh, if I did the math, about half a ton. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, awesome. that's awesome. Um, but Heath. What else? Um, I th- pretty much, I think that's it. Yeah. But uh, Heath, thank you so much for uh, taking some time in your, your journey for the new trailer. Yeah, good luck, to too. stop off and talk with us for a little bit. Well, I wish we could have done a video chat today. I'm sorry. The service yeah. is not that great. Heath, I pulled over in two or three locations. We we're, understand. We're not, we're not planning on ending this anytime soon. So no. if you'd like to make a repeat appearance, we'd be. I think we can definitely uh, schedule it in. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Anytime, anytime. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, just let me know, and I'll, I'll be sure that I'm home next time and not on the road traveling. I'll be sitting there with good Wi-Fi. Cool. Oh, awesome, awesome. 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 You should try and get to the um there's a there's gonna be an SCA steak cook off in um in Maine. Um we're gonna have Brett on the show uh to talk about it once it gets closer to the date. Yeah, I'll have to look at that. I plan on doing more traveling next year and stuff like that. Okay. You know, and advancing different stuff and making appearances and, and doing demos and stuff like that. That's kinda on my agenda for next year. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, you have Very on your nice. plate. <laughs> well, like I said, Heath, thank you so much for joining us, and also another congratulations on your 70th Grand Championship. That is absolutely impressive. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for having all me. All right. Well, that's it for this week, folks. We'd like to thank you all for joining us. You can catch the video on Facebook and YouTube. You can catch the audio on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Himalaya, and other podcast ca- catches. On social media, find us at 
I just lost my plane. <laughs> this, this is the first. On social media, wow. you can find us on Facebook. He's starstruck. I'm starstruck. You can <laughs> on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at PitLifeBBQ. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your questions and comments to PitLifeBBQPodcast at gmail.com. And like always, please subscribe, like, rate, and review. Hit that share button. Spread the word. We love you guys. We can't thank you enough for the support that you guys give us week in and week out. Um, it's all about you guys. And we, you know, we just like to bring interesting, fascinating guests and uh, little tidbits here and there on, uh, you know, hitting up the smokers. Yep. But um, let's get more uh, followers on the on the page. Yeah, we get more followers and hope. And I think this weekend. I as long as I can get the day off, I mm-hmm. think I'm j- jumping in Tommy Martin's uh, rib cook off with a bunch of the guys from New England Pitmasters. They're all members of that page. Cool. So that'll be a nice little event he has every year. So as long as I can get the day off, fingers crossed, I'll be cooking some ribs this weekend with the uh, with a bunch of the boys from the New England Pitmasters. So that'll be beautiful. Fun. But nice. um, right. that's it. Un- until next week, folks. Keep, keep the, the smoke, smoke rolling. rolling. Attention cigar smokers, or even friends of a cigar smoker. If you're looking to relax with a nice premium cigar or looking for a great gift for a cigar smoker, this is the gift that keeps on giving. Our friends at TwoGuysCigars.com have created the Cigar of the Month Club. For just $24.99 per month, you or your friend will receive four different premium handmade cigars every month. And shipping and handling is included. Go to TwoGuysCigars.com. That's the number two, guyscigars.com, and go to the Cigar of the Month Club. You can stop anytime because there's no contract, but you won't because this is a tremendous deal for our listeners. Go to twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two, guyscigars.com, and click the Cigar of the Month Club. At the same time, if you want to learn about the cigars you receive each month, you can smoke along with them on their own podcast called The Cigar Authority. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a nice premium cigar from our friends at twoguyscigars.com. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.